do gurus summer of 69 on 97x modern rock for cincinnati and dayton some feelies in there and some erasure as well well did you know that you kept the water on while shaving you would use over 20 gallons of fresh water so leave it on as we have too much drinkable water on this planet Putting the G in ecology at 97X. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that one's right, Dave. No. You sure? Yeah. That's what the promo 3x5 cards is. Oh, maybe this one. Okay. Then did you know that if you dispose of old motor oil in your garden, it will make your fruits and vegetables five times smaller? Putting the G in ecology here at 97X. Okay. That one sounds more legit. Okay. Yeah. But... Yeah. We're no longer at 97X. We're, we're not? We're doing a 97X podcast. Rumblings from the big bush from my basement, a.k.a. the party dungeon. But 97X is long since off the air. So there's no one now putting the G in ecology anymore? No, but there are people putting motor oil in their garden. Oh, good. I'm glad to see that this is still going strong. Yeah, but... You mentioned the, what were those called? Eco moments? Yeah, eco moments is part of us public service that we yeah. uh, do here now at 97X. And 97X's longtime promo queen, Kathy Lucas, was in charge of those, was she not? Yeah, she was definitely doing it. She did that, and she did a, a lot of other jobs at uh, the station behind the scenes. Yeah. But now she's coming to the forefront, Dave. Kathy Lucas is live on the phone. How are you doing, I, Kathy? Um, I'm good. It's very nice to speak with you both. Um, and I don't want to correct you, but I have to. They were green PSAs. Oh, um, sorry. Hmm. That's okay. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a hot minute yeah. since I read one of those index cards. You know what? I, I took a lot of things from the station, but I didn't take the the green cards. So <laughs> The green PSA. Um Kathy, I think your official title for the 10 years you were there was traffic director. Is that correct? That was one of them, yes. Okay. I have three titles that I that I put down on my resume from a long time ago. So uh, let, let, me, traffic. Oh. Let, let me explain. So traffic is Kathy would drive around Oxford and, and West Liberty and maybe Dartrown and would call in and talk about the traffic in that area. Is that is that what a traffic director did at 97X? That sounds fairly accurate, actually. <laughs> so, no, what, what, what does a traffic director do at a radio station? We also called it commercial scheduling. So okay. I was, as we had a program director who was in charge of music and all the other programming, I handled all of the traffic, all of the commercial scheduling. So when we would have ads run, I would set the blocks and have Bake do everything I needed him to do and get everything organized for me. And then I would just print out the commercial log and the disc jockeys had to follow that as well as the program log. Yeah, so we knew at 20 minutes after the hour, we had three commercials to play. We played a Frank Evie, we played a Les Agee, we played a Dr. Dave McGrew Veterinarian Minute. And you were in charge of making sure that whatever they had paid for, they were getting their right number of ads. That is correct. And never conflicting businesses in the same commercial break. Never then, two beer commercials at the same time. Or two car dealers. Would, yeah. yeah. Doug would stomp down the hall and have a word with me. <laughs> Take you to the party patio and teach you a lesson, then you come back, and we never had a Budweiser and a Miller spot together again. 
That's correct. Or I would get phone calls if he was out and about, as he often was. He would call the station and remind me that that was wrong, even though I had obviously already heard it and knew that he was about to call me on the phone and tell me that that was wrong. But then sometimes it was the DJ fault, too, though. Uh, Very, very rarely. Oh, my goodness. No, the DJs, they were perfect. Kind of like the Pope. We're infallible. Okay, that's job one. What, I didn't realize you had other jobs. Well, when I first started at the station, I was the first director of first impressions. The first, uh, I've said the first three times. Uh, that was the receptionist at the front. So I started there, and I was that for eight months as the person that everyone saw first thing when they came in. And then I was moved to assistant promotions director under the great Julie Maxwell. And that's when I also started doing commercial scheduling for Linda she wanted to take a step back, so I did that. I did both of those jobs concurrently and then moved closer to sales promotions and worked with the sales department creating all the sales pieces and all the tchotchke art and T-shirt designs and newspaper ads, and and then we started the website as well. So you all that a, stuff. You did a ton and never really got the credit for it. So like you said, you were never on the air. I was never on the air. I did. I was a chicken in a Frickers commercial, and I had to record the green PSAs, which were very, very dry, and I had to do all that research before the internet. So that was. I had to use books to get all my ecology minutes. Could you reprise your role as the chicken in the commercial? <laughs> it was just cheap, 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 cheap. And oh, you still got it, Kathy. <laughs> you haven't missed. Oh yeah. Oh, you we still got it. Yeah, actually, so that, that's Bake. That was Bake. Oh, Bake's coaching. He was. A, he's. He's a theater coach. Absolutely, he got us all to be the best chickens we could possibly be. You actually had four jobs at that station because you raised a child there, if I remember correctly. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. Sophia was born, and when she was very tiny. They wanted me to come back and work again, and I said, I will only come back if she can come with me. And so the plan was to put her in a file drawer when she was taking naps, uh, but the, she was she was too big for that already. So we had a, had a bouncy chair, and um, she had a, cri- a little crib that she was in in my office. And so she, when she was old enough to walk, she would deliver the mail with a tiny plastic grocery cart that Bake put a 97X bumper sticker on. Mm-hmm. So she would deliver packages to the music director and the program director and, and to Doug. So she said that was her first job was she worked at a radio station. That is true. Two. And it, was she scarred for life? Um, actually, she was scarred on her forehead because she fell off the party couch in the lobby and hit her head on the table. So I had to take her to McCullough Hyde and get stitches on her forehead. So that's interesting that you said that because she really is literally scarred for life from that job. So how many years was she hanging around the station? Just a couple. Um, She started preschool when she was three. Well, so I guess maybe maybe two years. And then I worked from home a little bit. We did that part-time, and then then she started preschool, and then that was about the time the station was sold. So it was good. She was part of the negotiations for selling the station. (laughs) Actually, Doug almost threw the baby in. He's like, you can have the building and this little baby here. (laughs) Give me 5.2 mil. Right. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. 
Now, I have another question. Um, you were also influential at the Hordes and the Lollapaloozas we did at Riverbend. Um, how many temporary tattoos on really greasy, dirty, nasty people did you put on over the years? Is it, do you have a count? Um, I did not keep a track of that uh, because it was, as you said, most foul. I do still tell stories about the butt coolers to people, and they find that incredibly disgusting. Explain the butt cooler. Oh, the, these were the giant slabs of ice uh, bench length. I guess, and about three feet tall, not three feet, two feet tall. We would get two or three of them and put them outside the tent at Lollapalooza, well, at Riverbend, and people could come and sit on them to cool off. But we would also lay the towels on there um, and then wrap them around our necks to keep ourselves cool. Mm. So there was a whole lot of, yeah, mm. you get the idea. It's a micro buffet. And I cut you yes. off. How many did you think you of the temporary tattoos did you do? I would say probably 700 total in the three summers, I think. I forget who the intern was working with you at one of them. If I remember correctly, correctly, someone came up and said, hey, by the way, while putting the tattoo, does this look infected? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that happened a couple of times. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a crazy time. Music festivals. I just said it was fine, so... Can't make it to the show? We'll fill you in on all the Lollapalooza mayhem. I'm not sure, you know, how Cincinnati is ready for something like this. Your Lollapalooza connection. We're going to blow your eyes out. 97X, W-O-X-Y, Oxford, Cincinnati, Dayton. The future of rock and roll. So how many years were you at 97X? I was there for 10 years. From 94, August of 94 to May of 2004, till the last day. How did you get the gig? How did you find out about that sweet, sweet role as director of First Impressions? Well, I was working at a fast food restaurant uptown Oxford, and a new manager had come in and was changing things over. And, and I just said, I, I'm not down with this. I'd worked there for a long time. And I said, I'm not down with this. And a friend of mine had just told me that 97X was hiring. So I drove out there. I did. I do not have a background in communications. I had no idea. I mean, I listened to the station, and so I thought it was great. So I went in there and talked to Doug, and he said, I, you know, you don't have a resume. And I said, no, I just walked out of my other job. So I got a resume, brought it back to him, and he and Linda sat down with me, and that was pretty much it. He said he'd never had a poet on staff, and so he wanted that, and that's what I was, so we did that. And then did you go back through the drive-thru, the fast food restaurant, and, like, give them the double bird? Like, ha-ha, suckers, I'm out of here. No, I never went back. I would have no. slapped a couple 97X stickers on the sign. Oh, yeah, I could have done that. But I think I still had the keys at the time, so I could have done that. But, no, that's not my jam. I just, I just left. Now, you're the keeper of all things tchotchke from 97X and WXY.com. Do you have like a, a basement garage uh, full of these things? I do. I, well, I have a warehouse. Um, it's more of a, you know, you store it type thing, but it's, it's one of the largest ones that in Germantown that you can get. And it is, it has shelving and it's stacked floor to ceiling. And I have a little robot that can go around and pull when I, you know, I just sort of tell the robot what I need and it will go pull the things and pack the envelopes for me. And then 
put the stamp on it, and everything goes in the mail. And wow, it's pretty that's cool. impressive. So that robot knows. You say, I need a matchbook with manic street preachers on the back, and, and the robot mm-hmm. will just pull that from inventory. It's like, it's like a very tiny Amazon distribution center. It's, I mean, not tiny, obviously. It's pretty big. Now, do you have any of the Ned's Atomic Dustbin's pop can lids left? I have three. Are those, wait, are those the pink ones? I, I have the neon green at home that's starting to crack. Green. Is there a warranty on that that I can get it replaced? Oh, no, absolutely not. No, that's a collector's item. So you might want to get some of that plastic weld. Have you ever heard of that? You could try to glue it together underneath. It's that plastic stuff. It has a little UV light and it melts it and then dries it and it's pretty cool. Cures You've it, really given this glue. some thought, Kathy. Sounds like you've tried to plastic weld a couple of uh, other tchotchkes. Maybe a 97X Frisbee from The Cure or something? Occasionally, yes. You know, things do. The robot is not super coordinated, so sometimes things do get broken. And the plastic is so brittle from from being so old that sometimes repairs need to be made. So I, I shouldn't have said that. I don't want people to think that I'm gluing things all back together before I ship them out. But sometimes you just have to do it. I mean, half a Frisbee is no good. You know, the whole Lucas family was actually involved in 97X. Your lovely daughter, who is who is doing gangbusters now, very smart, going to be an engineer. Um, then you have your husband, who, who would come to events, would always help out. He was kind of big and burly, so we had him move stuff around, Mike. Uh, and he does a, a, a really cool, I don't think it's a full-time job, but, but he does something in the sports world. He does. He's an official scorer for the Dayton Dragons. He does about 20 games a year um, just in Dayton. They don't the, the scorers don't travel because it's minor league, low A ball. So he's in his, this will be his 11th summer working for the Dragons. And it's pretty cool. Is he like a manager sort of. where he has to dress up in the uniform while he's keeping the score? <laughs> Some stirrup pants. Yes. <laughs> no, he oh. does not get to wear a uniform. He does not have a number. Right. He's just up in the booth in the green shirt. If I were you, Kathy, I'd be a little worried because Dave referred to your husband as big and burly and he knows all about his side hustle. So I, I, don't, I think Dave's after your man. He, he has been for a long time. Um, so I try to keep them apart. I don't see Dave socially very often, basically for that reason. Mm-hmm. Just, it just, it's a little unnerving. Yeah, and awkward probably. But, yeah, I mean, Mike appreciates it, obviously. He likes all the attention, but I'm, you know, just trying to keep those two separated. What did you think of your 10 years there? I mean, you were behind the scenes. You saw changes. Tell tell us about your 10 years there. Well, I will start by saying it was the best job in the entire world. And when I talked to friends who worked in offices and I, I, did, I didn't understand the culture of the office because that's not how the station ran, obviously. So you had a whole bunch of people in one building that were very full of themselves and really good at their jobs. You know, they were obviously totally adorable people. Um, and so it, it was just really fun to be able to support all of that with whatever and then getting to see the listeners and, and help the listeners. And it, could just, it was just such a fun time. And then you know, my child was young. So that was really great um, 
it was really difficult when that all came to an end. But, you know, 10 years was a long time. And as you said, there were a lot of different changes. I never even worked with Damien. He was there before I was there. Um, when I came on, Phil Manning was program director. And in my first week, we got a record in and I took it to his office and he called everyone and said, it's the new cranberries. And I had no idea what that meant. And everyone went in his office and listened to the song. And I, it was just, it was just the weirdest thing, which, you know, it's totally logical for the two of you, but yeah. So I thought this is, this is not any place like I've ever, ever been before. So right from there, I was pretty hooked on, you know, every day was something new, new music or new artists, a new program director sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it was, I got to work with a lot of great people and you've talked to most of them, I think on the podcast. We finally we have a list of more and more people we have to talk to. Um, as director of first impressions, did you hold people to the two week uh, winnings? I mean, did, did you did you break toes? Did you crack knuckles as someone was ten days and they were picking up a five dollar gift certificate to the Oxford Kroger Save on? A little. I was more of a three week rule, depending uh-huh. on what the item was. For gift certificates, yes. But those we, we usually sent. Anything that was paper, we mailed out. So anything that they had to come and pick up, I was a little bit more lenient because, you know, people are busy, and I didn't want them to come in, and I couldn't break their hearts. Uh, they're so nice, such nice people. But I will tell you, one of my favorite days as director of First Impressions was when Dave Matthews' band came in, and I got to shake Dave Matthews' hand. That was like a huge huge moment for me at work because I he just looked up and you know looked deep into my eyes and shook my hand and said I'm David I just want to make sure I got that on the podcast because that was really cool oh thank goodness wow I turned into a Harlequin romance all of a sudden <laughs> it was a yeah it was about a 10 second it was fantastic so. <laughs> well, to, to relive it if you go back and listen to the Ron Poor Jetson podcast on 97xbam.com if you scroll down yeah. we've actually uh put digitally the entire interview and songs with dave matthews so you can relive that 10 seconds over and over again and 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 remind mike about that 10 seconds over and over again yes and and while you're listening to that dave will be at the dayton's dragon stadium with your big burly husband <laughs> turned around in his seat, standing up with a sign that says, Hi, Mike, with a big heart around it. Yeah. <laughs> Buzz me in your plane, fella. Yes. Yes, he will do that. Be that guy. Oh, gosh. Uh, on behalf of all the people that worked at 97X while you were there, uh, but not Damien because he didn't, yeah, but of all of us that were, were there when <laughs> you were there, we couldn't have done it without the hard work of you. And, and I mean that. Uh, I know that Doug and Liga had to appreciate all the work and everything you put into it. Bake doesn't appreciate people, but everyone else does. And 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 <laughs> and, and I just want to thank you because because you made the, at least the six or seven years that we worked together very fun. And do you still have the incredibly huge Farrah Fawcett poster that I had? I do still have the Farrah Fawcett poster. It is not in the warehouse. It is safe here at home. I don't, I don't trust it in the warehouse. There could be a fire there or something. So, is it in a yep, climate-controlled environment under glass? Uh, no, it's actually rolled up in the corner behind the bookshelf. But it's like the safest place in my house. Can you bring it to the reunion at Bake's house on July Fourth? Yes. yes, please do. I can give it to you. We'll, we'll have it. Maybe <laughs> we can get it on uh, the wall, and we'll get a group photo around Farah. Oh my God, that'd be hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Kathy, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. We have a rule that after two Bella Lugosi's dead, we have to uh, 
uh, and the podcast. Uh, but we appreciate it. We're looking forward to seeing Farah and you at the reunion on July 4th at Bakes House. And your big burly husband. And, yeah, he will be there as well. I have a tank top I'd like to see him wear, if you don't mind. Uh, okay. That's great. And he'll be Sounds chopping good. some wood. <laughs> at Bakes House. Yes, yes. Oh, well, you're just sitting there. Yeah. yeah that's good. Like, like to Dave, your husband is the brawny paper towel guy come to life. He is, well, his favorite quote from Dave is, Mike is not funny, but he says funny things. <laughs> and so that's the constant refrain. But. That's damning with faint praise is what we'd call that. But hey, if it works yeah, that's, for Mike, that's, that's fine. <laughs> well, thanks, Kathy. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for calling me. 97X. She's going to say you're going to listen. The future of rock and roll.